Welcome to Sook Sports Sunday with me, Perry Sook. A very, very exciting day in the NFL today. Uh, with the exception of a tie, every single playoff spot is set. The Bulls are finished. We got a national championship tomorrow. And the FCS football champion has been crowned. So a lot of football to go over for your last and final football exclusive Sook Sports Sunday. Uh, getting ready for basketball and hockey coming up. Some fun stuff happening there too. But last one, football exclusive Strapping and suit up, it's Sook Sports Sunday. everybody Perry Sook here coming at you from the Sunday night game the win and in game between the Raiders and the Chargers in the AFC also uh, the hopefully not tie game because that kicks the Steelers out but before we get to that amazing amazing week of the NFL a quick little recap bowl season is officially in the books we have the national championship which technically isn't called a bowl so I um, I consider the bowls being done but regardless it's all SEC so our bowl final standings are in the final bowl, the Texas Bowl, was earlier this week where I, uh, if you listen to my Six Sports Minute, you would know all about it. But Kansas State demolished what was left of LSU, only 39 scholarship players, none of which were a quarterback. And I do have to say, John Trey Kirkland, the wide receiver who stepped in for the Tigers, actually played pretty well. I mean, he threw three touchdowns, 138 yards. Yeah, two interceptions on balls that you could tell he was not a quarterback. But still, uh, way, way to go for him stepping in and at least made the end of the game interesting. But Kansas State with Skylar Thompson and Deuce Vaughn uh, just ran all over him, 42-20. to 20. Deuce Vaughn also tied the single season record at 22 of scrimmage touchdowns, four of which were in that game. So way to go for him. And with that, the Big 12 solidified their spot as the best bowl record in the Power Five. That's two years in a row now, going undefeated in 2020. Uh, So Big 12 coming in at five and two with two New Year's Six wins. Uh, Very, very impressive showing by the Big 12 for the second straight year. I know my Oklahoma Sooners are headed to the SEC, and eventually I will have to stop cheering against them with all of my might, uh, no matter how hard that will be. But for now, I don't. So way to go, Big 12. Um, On top of the Big 12, we had three group of five teams. Uh, The number one record in Bulls this year, the Mountain West, at 5-1, their lone loss being Nevada. Uh, The AAC going 3-1, tied with the Sun Belt at 3-1. Then you do indeed have the Big 12 at 5-2. Right under them, you have the Big 10 at 6-4, ending it with that epic Rose Bowl win. Again, I did do this in a Six Sports Minute, so you could save yourself a lot of time and only listen to my brilliant minute summary if you don't feel like listening to me talk during football games. But here you are. You're stuck with me, so you're going to hear it all again. Uh, Then we had the SEC stuck at 5-7, and and no matter who wins, if you do want to count the national championship as a bowl, they will be 6-8, and so a losing record. Gotta love that for the SEC. Yes, their top teams are always among the top teams, uh, which is great. 
But when you look at the parity in the Big 12 and the fact that their top teams were competing on New Year's Six, had the conference championship game gone another way, you might have had one of them competing instead of Cincinnati in the Final Four. Exciting. So everyone get off your SEC high horse until Oklahoma joins. But yes, losing record in the SEC no matter what happens in the national championship. Uh, After that, you had two more group of five teams, the Conference USA and the MAC, which the MAC started on an 0-4 stretch. So very happy to see them both, Conference USA and the MAC, finishing at 3-5. The ACC at 2-4. And And then you get to the only, only conference who went winless this bowl season with the Pac-12, 0-5. And so you've got Lincoln Riley running away from the winningest bowl percentage two years in a row to a completely winless for two years bowl season, Pac-12. I don't know. Sounds like you're running away from being scared, especially with the SEC transfer. I'm not a big fan of his, as you have heard me say many times. But really, uh, a great bowl season. Um, A lot of very fun matchups. Uh, Only five bowls were canceled overall, and that is pretty impressive with how many other things were canceled and postponed. So absolutely great. Uh, I love bowl season. I went to the Alamo Bowl, as I mentioned last week, and I will always go to the bowls because it's just a great, great time to see two fan bases out of town, little vacation, wonderful time. So a great bowl season here. Now, also in college football, something I love to go to when I'm back home in Texas in Frisco, is the FCS championship game. Uh, the North Dakota Bison, who, why would you not love them unless you, you know, are mad that the Colts didn't make it because Carson Wentz played terribly today. But Bison, awesome, great team. They dominated this game against Montana State. Um, we're up 35-0 to zero at one point. They have now won nine of the last 11. Now, granted, they were a two seed, and Montana State was an eight seed playing with house money, just getting to the championship game. But they did, and North Dakota State was not the one seed for the first time in God knows how long came in, took care of business, and absolutely dominated this game 38-10. So kind of slowed down after that 35 nothing, but uh, not, not that much, so good for them. Uh, also featured a fullback performance that I was very happy with. Uh, Lupka, this guy, was great, had 82 yards, and took in the six-yard touchdown right before the half, putting them up to 28 to nothing, and kind of absolutely closed it up. Great, great win by the Bison. This team, if you want to talk dynasties, sure, yeah. Alabama has continued to be at the top of the sport, either playing for a national championship or at least the semifinals, with the exception of, I think, two of all of the years that they've been going on. Um, So, yeah, great team. Remarkable. But guess what? This team has to go single elimination for four-plus rounds and has come out on top nine out of the last 11 years. Complete domination by the North Dakota State Bison. I have nothing but tremendous respect for this program. They have turned over coaches under this reign of 11 years. They have put quarterbacks in the NFL. They've had other talent graduate. Um, Having that much dominance, even at the FCS, and putting players at a successful level for the next level in the NFL from the FCS, just completely remarkable. Way to go, Bison. Speaking of teams off the beaten path, uh, Coach Primetime Deion Sanders made the news again, getting another ESPN Top 300 prospect, happens to be in the Top 50, with wide receiver Kevin Coleman committing during the All-American game 
to Jackson State. Really just unbelievable. Number 58 ranked prospect overall. And they already have Hunter, who is the second overall prospect in the class. If you look at people with top 60 prospects from this year's recruiting cycle, Jackson State is among one of eight teams. And some of these giant, giant programs that are having amazing classes are not getting it. Now, granted, AM, God knows what they're doing with NIL, has a legendary class, the highest ranked class ever in terms of recruiting uh, since they've kept track of it since, I believe, 99. But for, for Jackson State and HBCU to get two of these top 60 players, including the second overall player in the class, absolutely amazing for them and Coach Primetime. And I love it because Coach Prime has been high on Trevon Diggs, who's making the Cowboys look good, even though he didn't play this week. Really, really, really cool uh, to see players choosing this. Now, in addition to that, we did have both Kirby Smart and Nick Saban this week arguing about NIL, um, not with each other, but with the general principle of it. They think tighter regulations need to happen. Kirby Smart had what I think will probably be, you know, the, the come and take it or remember the Alamo of NIL until regulations are passed. But he says you're going to have the haves and the have-nots and separation that is already there is going to grow larger. Uh, and it makes sense. Uh, now, granted, if this stuff was happening under the table anyway, now at least it's out in the open and other schools have an opportunity to do it who couldn't be quite as crafty. But the levels that these schools can do, uh, absolutely huge difference from the top to the bottom. Uh, and it's going to continue to separate. Uh, we, we've even seen bigger markets compared to smaller markets or especially medium-sized markets where there's nothing else to do in the town, i.e. A&M has really played a component in that, that with the transfer period and the early signing period, especially with these rumors now of Harbaugh going back to the NFL. There are players who are already committed to Michigan who would be losing their coach and have no ability to change. Uh, I think the whole system kind of needs revamped. Um, I listened to Kirk Herbstreit talk about it, uh, and he said, hey, if you're going to retool the system, retool it from the ground up. Make them like players make them like NFL players employees of a system so that way all of these transfer portal things and contracts can all be conditional um, and you can unionize and all that now granted that will change other things like the free massages and food you get in the cafeteria and all of the other things however if you want the players to be treated like professionals give them everything of a professional but also protect their employers these schools because this transfer portal stuff and early signing period coming when it does, and the coaching carousel, it, it's getting a little out of hand. It's basically a virtual free agency happening in college football, uh, and I'm not a fan of it. Even though Oklahoma, yes, they're probably going to lose Caleb Williams and Mario uh, to this new period, among all the other players we lost when the coach left. Now, granted, if the coach left, like Lincoln Riley did, these players, as employees, should have the right to seek other employment under a new boss. But now we've played a bowl game. We had Stoops in. We finalized everything. What is the period? How long do they go? I mean, technically, the period is until January 18th. That's when you have to be enrolled at a school if you would like to transfer and start classes. But it's it's going a little crazy. So I want to see it all torn down. I, I don't mind the employee idea because I think that gives the players what they deserve while also protecting the programs, but something something needs to change. Uh, in the meantime, I think Oklahoma itself is going to be okay. 
with our wonderful transfer quarterback in. Uh, do feel bad for UCLA where he was about to start classes, but transferring in from UCF and then his receiver probably following him has at least entered the transfer portal. Uh, so I think we're going to be okay, even if Caleb Williams does decide to take his talents to LA where he was today watching the Rams game. Um, but there's other schools out there, and I care about the game of college football more than any individual season for the Sooners. So would would really like this to get fixed out. But those are my parting thoughts going into the offseason. Uh, I will have a Sook Sports Minute recapping the national championship tomorrow. Now, this game, look, uh, Georgia is favored, which is great, because uh, Alabama was favored in the previous matchup by a large margin, and anytime Nick Saban has had a margin that large, I believe it's eight points or larger, he has won all of those games. He's undefeated in all of those games. So now that Georgia is opening as a favorite, albeit two and a half points, uh, but if Vegas thinks there's a chance, that's great. I think there's a chance. They've already seen him. There is something to play for this time where there really wasn't in the SEC championship because you were in no matter what. Uh, And the way they disassembled and just stuffed Michigan, I'd like to think Georgia comes out ready to play. I think that'd be good for the sport. If they don't do it this year, I don't think they ever will. This is the year that Alabama has struggled down the stretch more than ever. I mean, they really should have lost that Auburn game and had several, several other opportunities to lose games. So I think Georgia could do it and would love to see Georgia do it this year. And I will report all about it either happily or sadly tomorrow in the all-SEC national championship game. But that's it, guys. That is your season I will do recaps of major recruitment changes uh, once the classes are finalized and the transfer portal kind of settles down. I'll also put out some Six Sports Minutes on that, but be looking out on Monday for my recap of the national championship. But mostly, thank you guys for sticking with me through my first entire broadcast season of college football. I sure enjoyed it, and I hope you did too. Boomer Sooner. Uh, Now, on to the NFL. So today was awesome. Uh, So much stuff that was so unlikely happened, starting from the very, very beginning. Um, Now, granted, if we want to go to the beginning of the weekend was the kind of non-consequential but interesting games on Saturday. So we had the Chiefs, who actually, I was impressed with the Broncos. Locke actually did a lot for that team to kind of give me some confidence with him going forward. Granted, it was not enough to save the job of their head coach, as Vic Fangio has indeed been fired. Uh, But that Broncos team playing for nothing but pride against one of the scariest teams in the uh, AFC, a team who has won the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, very recently. I was very impressed. I was happy for the Broncos. If I'm a Bronco fan, I leave that game being happy, uh, actually. And going into the season, albeit on a loss and not in the playoffs, with some positivity, and if you can get another coach in there, I mean, I think I think Vic is a great, great guy, but just didn't didn't have it to get it together. And if Elway can get a decent quarterback to Denver, this could be a really good team to reckon with. Um, but so, way to go, Broncos, on your season. Sorry it, it ended like it did, and sorry for Mr. Fangio uh, no longer being employed, but good for them. But with the Chiefs' win, they had the potential of being the one seed with a Titans loss today. Now, that made it very interesting because the Texans would not go away today. However, so they won. Then you had the Cowboys game. Yes, I know. You can all tweet, comment, 
anything at me. DM me and tell me how silly I sound. Beating the Eagles with even their backups in that badly is a huge, huge confidence thing. When you need to get the offense rolling, when the offense has not, and you do in such a manner, Dak has a five-touchdown game, which is his career high, and passes the single-season touchdown record for a quarterback. There have been some great flipping quarterbacks in Dallas, and you have Dak Prescott having that record now with him feeling good going into the playoffs. That's amazing. Not to mention, you swept your division. You are 6-0 and in the NFC East. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I don't care that it didn't really matter because both teams were in the playoffs and probably not changing spots. And it did end up mattering because of some craziness that happened today in the 425 block. But with not much on the line to go out there and just dominate like that. That is a that is a whooping, a good old-fashioned whooping, and that makes me happy. The Cowboys whooped the Eagles, my least favorite team in the NFL, going into the playoffs. I love it. You just saw your offense break 50 points. So go do it again. Uh, too bad we're not playing the Eagles in the first round because I know it would be a different team out there on defense, but that would be demoralizing to have to play back-to-back weeks and then have to go do it in Dallas. But Cowboys, absolute beatdown. Unbelievable. Loved it. Screw the Eagles. Yay, 6-0 and Cowboys, NFC East. So you have the Cowboys sitting in there at the four seed, probably in the four seed in all likeliness, no matter what. Probably. See, I mentioned probably. Then you get to today's games. So today's afternoon block was awesome. First of all, you had Steelers-Ravens, who both were playing for all the marbles. Very high likeliness that neither team was going to make the playoffs because you needed the Colts to lose to the lowly Jaguars. Well, lo and behold, they were simulcasting the games. Jaguars could not fail today. It was unbelievable. Uh, Trevor Lawrence went 23 for 32, 223 yards, two touchdowns, and really just controlled the game. It was unbelievable. Uh, Looked great. Carson Wentz did not look great, and it's kind of sad because you only need him to be serviceable, and he was below serviceable. Only scored their touchdown very late in the game when it was too little too late. They were down 23-3 at the time to make it uh, 23 to 11. This was this was crazy. So I was as excited about that because that meant whoever won the rivalry game between the Steelers and Ravens still had a chance. And if you're the Steelers, a very good chance. Uh, so that was awesome. Then you have the Steelers-Ravens game itself, which was just great. Back and forth the entire time, Really close game. You had Big Ben leading it down with just over two and a half minutes left to score the go-ahead touchdown to be up three. Then you had Justin Tucker with a kick that almost went wide left and hooked back in, just, you know, proving how amazing and impossible to shake he is. Then you have the Steelers with a chance to win it in regulation with a field goal. They don't. Then you have a chance for the Ravens to win it in regulation for a field goal. They don't. It goes to overtime. Meanwhile, in the first quarter, you have a fumble on a snap, which is then picked up, and then a sack that didn't end up counting for T.J. Watt that would have tied him with Strahan, but then right before the half, he gets this huge sack on a first and goal that does indeed tie him with Strahan for the single-season sack record. Awesome. Just absolutely, completely awesome. Uh, But then we go to overtime. 
Baltimore is driving. Uh, Mark Andrews cannot be stopped. Epic pass on the sideline ruled out. They get the stop. And after just 23 yards, get the punt back. Well, then the Steelers are driving fourth and eight. Why? Where Tomlin got the cojones to go for this, I will never know. But he does. And Ben converts. It is absolutely electric. A pass down the middle to McLeod, who really kind of went off this game, especially Washington was out the, uh, the entire game, and Najee Harris was out most of the game. Uh, Big Ben had to do a lot in this game, and he did, and uh, McLeod really helped with that. But then drove it down, got the field goal, and ended up winning the game, virtually pushing them into the playoff in the event that tonight's L.A. Las Vegas game ties. Both of those teams will go to the playoffs and the Steelers will not. So disclaimer, but pretty much putting them in the playoffs, 99% chance according to ESPN, absolutely phenomenal. So just, just really, really excited about football in the early block. In addition to that, you had the Browns taking care of the Bengals who were playing at half speed. You had the Lions, who yes, played against not Aaron Rodgers the entire second half, but went out on a win. You have the Vikings beating up on the Bears, Washington demolishing the Giants in all games of eliminated teams. Uh, but those two made the afternoon early block just phenomenal. Was was so exciting to watch, and uh, it was I mean it was virtual playoff football a week early, so we got that. Then you got to the second afternoon block, the 4:25, which was very interesting because you have the Cardinals and the Rams who were both battling to win the division. The Rams would have been the champions with simply a win. I also did recap this on Thursday. So if you want to hear all the scenarios going into today, go to that for the NFC and Friday for the AFC. But the Rams who would have won and the Cardinals who with a win and Rams loss would have won. And then the 49ers playing for their lives. So 49ers, Rams, back and forth the whole time. Rams were up huge at the beginning, uh, going up 17-3 to at the half. But then 49ers would not go away, battled back, and took it to overtime, then taking it down, scoring on their first drive of overtime, 69-yard drive, and the interception to end the game. Intercepting Stafford, sorry, Odell Beckham could not do it, but Thomas got the pick, which ends the game because... They had already scored the field goal. So 49ers punch their ticket to the playoffs, and the Rams still indeed win the division because the Cardinals could not beat the Seahawks. That game was all Seahawks from the beginning. Uh, Cardinals stormed back to make it close, but then Seattle ended up winning 38-30. So Arizona would have had a chance to win the division and instead does not because of the sad defeated and eliminated, but victorious today, Seattle Seahawks. Oh, by the way, Jacksonville, despite their upset over the Colts, still secured the number one overall spot, which I thought was great. You played spoiler, won a game to keep a team out of the playoffs, and it doesn't hurt your draft position. So I felt like that was that was all right in the world. That was karmic justice, them getting the number one overall pick with their win today. So wonderful for Jacksonville, uh, I I don't know. I'm still so hype on Jacksonville. There's been a million memes of like, I can't beat you, but he can. And then it's Jacksonville coming in to win. So that was awesome. But so then the Rams are down and the 
Cardinals are down. Well, the only way the Cowboys could move up is if both of those teams lost. Because in the event one of them lost, the other one would have the tiebreaker over them. And it would be a two-way tie on which the Cowboys had zero tiebreakers. However, with both of them losing, it is a three-way tie. And the Cowboys did have the tiebreaker in the event of a three-way tie moving ahead of that team. So now the Cowboys are the three-seed not even playing today. So very exciting for them because of the improbable losses by both the Rams and the Cardinals. Meanwhile, the Bucks took care of business and did win, so they go up to the two seed. I also don't think they were very much expecting to move up. So very, very exciting day for all of those teams. So just to make sure we hit all the games, I know I mentioned it, but the Titans-Texans game was very interesting, especially because the one seed was on the line with the Kansas City win on Saturday. Uh, This Houston team is going to be a coach's dream because they don't give up. They are so close in so many levels. They're going to have a high draft pick at 4-13 and and almost beat the number one seed in the AFC, the Titans, losing only 28-25. Mills, Mills Mafia, threw three touchdowns today. Very, very impressive. Uh, But Tannehill, with his four touchdowns, did indeed get Tennessee the win and gave them the one overall seed, um, which is very important this year. I'm sure you guys know, and you've heard a million times, but with seven seeds, only one team gets a bye, and obviously home field throughout. So, boom, the AFC goes through Tennessee. Uh, Very, very well deserved by them. They are the scariest team in the AFC, I think. I would, I mean, look, if you said, hey, Steelers are going to play Kansas City or Tennessee, which one do you want? I would have to take Tennessee. So, way to go, them. They deserved it. Uh, Also, in the early block, I did skip over it because I was very much tuned into the other games, but uh, a very, very strong performance by the Saints. They lost Hill early, and he has kind of made this team rally around him to get it together, uh, winning 30-20 to over Atlanta. Uh, But unfortunately, the celebration was cut short because they had to run back to the locker room and watch the TV to see if they were going to make it with the 49ers. Well, they did not, so their season does end which is probably for the best because if Hill is injured into the next week, I don't even know who they have left to play quarterback, you know, losing so many of them this year. Uh, But Saints season comes to a close with a win over the Falcons. Uh, You had the Bills also beaten up on the Jets, which was great. Uh, Doesn't doesn't mean much. Uh, The Bills are still in a very good position. They did win their division with that win. The Jets are still bad. Buffalo winning 27 to 10 and finishing the season 11 and 6. I guess for them to see Josh Allen uh, throwing for almost 250 yards, two touchdowns, and Singletary getting it going on the ground with the touchdown as well, that that's going to be some good momentum to ride into the playoffs. And then lastly, a unique game, we had the New England versus Miami game. Now this would have been very important to the Ravens had they won, but they didn't. Um, woohoo, go Steelers. Here we go. Uh, but so Miami really just kind of beaten up on the Patriots, uh, 33 to 24. The final got out to a 17 to seven lead at the half and never surrendered it. Um, this Dolphins team is, had, had they got it going a little bit sooner, really could have been something just, just a phenomenal Performance down the stretch on that last win streak they had. Uh, and one more win. I mean, we're, we're talking about Miami in the playoffs. But they are going to be in good position to go in next year. 
But alas, this year they are not. And Patriots end the regular season, the 17 game, biggest season ever, with a loss 33 to 24 to the Dolphins. So with all that said, I know I am all over the place today because of the pure excitement of my Steelers sneaking in. Ooh, what a sack. Down goes Herbert. Uh, this game, by the way, very, very interesting still. 17 to 14 at the start of the third. Vegas with a slight advantage. Um, as long as it doesn't end in a tie, I don't really care who wins it. Uh, but, but very exciting football going on right now. But because I'm so excited about all of that, uh, I know I've been all over the place. But our playoff positions are as follows. Tennessee Titans, the number one seed in the AFC, who will have home field throughout and the only first round by. The Kansas City Chiefs hosting their home game in the first round as the two seed, probably against Pittsburgh, barring a tie in this one, which if he makes this field goal, it will indeed be tied. So I will knock on wood a thousand times, but please, please just, just don't tie this game. But we'll play the Steelers, barring a tie in this one. Buffalo Bills at the three seed, hosting their playoff game against the winner of this game, who will jump the Steelers at 10 and 7. Uh, with a win. Oh, and he missed a field goal. No ties. Woo. Um, sorry, you are getting live excitement against a tie here. So yes, Buffalo Bills hosting the winner of this game, which right now would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Very impressive with all the turmoil they have had this year, losing their coach. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, two teams that lost to end the season. Cincinnati Bengals hosting the New England Patriots at home. Uh, could kind of be a passing of the torch moment for franchises, uh, not really players, because it's a very different team without Tom Brady, obviously. But Cincinnati hosting New England to end the year as they were the AFC North champions. Um, I'm very excited. Those should all be great games. Steelers at full potential uh, and a revenge game against Kansas City should be interesting. Buffalo has already shown that they can be beat, but could be dominant. And both of these teams, the Chargers and the Raiders, both playing with a bunch of heart. And then that New England-Cincinnati game should be great. I would love to see Joe Burrow kind of go off, continue his trend. Uh, his streak over the last two games before this week was absolutely phenomenal. Great, great games in the AFC. Now in the NFC, we have the Packers, who were already locked into the one seed before this week even started. They will have the first round bye and home field advantage throughout. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the two seed, which is unbelievable that both of those teams lost, uh, and would host the Philadelphia Eagles, who just got demolished. Um, I would actually, I would be very interested to see the Eagles win and then just, just having to play the one seed Green Bay in Green Bay. But anyway... Tampa Bay hosting the Eagles as Tom Brady will take on Jalen Hurts uh, if he's available and Gardner Minshew if not. You have the Dallas Cowboys uh, hosting the San Francisco 49ers at home. Great game. Uh, I honestly, I would probably... No, nah, I mean, if, if, if I had a choice, I would have had the Cowboys play the Eagles just because, you know, you owned them twice this season and, and it would... I don't know, to, to beat my least favorite team in the NFL to play would be kind of badass. So we have that game and then the Rams hosting the Cardinals in, in the rematch from this year twice 
because both lost. So number four Rams hosting the Cardinals. Now what's interesting here is with them both falling, whoever wins that game, their big prize is a round uh, against a rested Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. So that's really the biggest thing for the Buccaneers and the Cowboys is you got yourself out of that four spot. Uh, mostly the Cowboys Buccaneers could not have fallen to four. But you are magically now avoiding the Packers until a potential NFC Championship game. So that should be very exciting. I think actually they just literally right now announced the playoff times. So we have on Super Wildcard Weekend on Saturday at 4.30, we have either New England or Las Vegas versus the Bengals. Then at 8.15, we have either the Clippers or New England versus the Bills. Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. At 4.30, these are all Eastern, the 49ers at the Cowboys. And then at 8.15, you have either Las Vegas or Pittsburgh, probably Pittsburgh, barring a tie, against the Chiefs. Then Monday night, you have the Cardinals-Rams battle of two teams that lost, and nobody wanted to win the division, but Rams did by default, uh, playing each other at 8.15 on Monday. Our first ever Monday night wildcard game. Very exciting. So that's breaking news, guys. That was just just announced. Uh, should, be, should be a phenomenal weekend. Obviously, that will all get finalized when this game ends. Most likely, as I said, the winners of this game going to Buffalo and Pittsburgh traveling to Kansas City. Uh, but they are set. There you go. You have the matchups. I will post this very soon, and you will have breaking, breaking news. It should be a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend of football. Uh, I'm just going to sit on the couch all all weekend if I can't find a way to get down to Dallas. But it should be a great, great time. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this regular season as much as I have. I will be posting any breaking news as far as availability uh, during the week during Sook Sports Minutes at noon. And also noon on Friday, we'll have a Sook Sports Minute breakdown of the playoff matchups and what Vegas thinks and all of those things with the late lines going into the biggest wildcard weekend ever. Um, wonderful season. I am so, so happy to get to spend it with all of you. I am so, so very happy to have both of my teams, barring a tie, into the playoffs. Absolutely great season. NFL, 17 games. Awesome. Loved it. Seven teams. Awesome. Loved it. Uh, and let's keep it going. So be looking out tomorrow for the college football national championship breakdown. Be looking out on Friday for the playoff picture. And mostly, get ready. Get your jerseys on. Get your terrible towels out or any other swinging apparatus you can to cheer on this playoff weekend. And really, really enjoy all that we have in this wonderful, wonderful weekend of football. Hope your team won. Hope you're excited for the playoffs and hope you enjoyed Sook Sports Sunday.